0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and, of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan.
2: Hello here and welcome again to another edition
1: of the Husker Online Show, Sean
2: Callahan, Steve Sippel, Robin Washed, uh, as uh, we are one week away, boys, well, uh, we're in the thick of it. We Game are. This, this is the show before the show, <laughs> and we yeah. will be a little bit different schedule next week. Okay, um, because the game's Thursday, so I mean it, it does it does throw off our week, but we are going to have two shows next week. So this week standard business on the Husker online channel we'll have this show like we always do and then headlines will run Friday like it always does but next week um, it's gonna be a Monday Tuesday sandwich to get you out to Minneapolis sandwich. on Wednesday and hopefully if you're driving out there we'll carry two hours of your drive out to Minneapolis
3: yeah it two entertaining hours I mean we we have so much to talk about it's almost incredible
2: but yeah let's you start know. Uh, I'm serious about that. We like to call it opening headlines. Opening headline here of the Husker Online Show, not football-related, Nebraska President Ted Carter, System President Ted Carter, announced that he has accepted the president position at the University of Ohio State, uh, the Ohio State University. Um, He will be at Nebraska until December 31st. Uh, On the surface, guys, um, this is a big blow. Um, the, The timing of it, number one second day the semester opens up for business he makes this this announcement that gets made number two a lot of things are moved around um, to cater to Ted Carter Um, he was uh, you know he's now overseeing athletics at Nebraska where the athletic director from what we know for the first time ever reports to the president not the Chancellor and then Ted Carter has the seat on the Council of Chancellors and presidents which has always gone to the campus Chancellor now it was gonna be Ted Carter well In a few months, none of that stuff matters now. And there's a lot of questions going forward. Uh, The future of the leadership, uh, we know Matt Rule definitely was disappointed uh, with this. We heard Governor Jim Pillen express his disappointment. Uh, I think a lot of people were caught off guard by this.
3: Caught off guard. Um, I I will not downplay the significance of the story. I am, however, taken aback by the doomsday tone that accompanies this discussion. I don't share in it. all those things that you mentioned that the restructuring that's not necessarily out the window they've they've had two straight presidents now that were i mean they they were capable leaders in the sports arena i don't want my president of the university to be the ad um i think that you can go find is there something that stops nebraska from getting someone that's better than ted carter I mean, no. I don't think this has to be. I what I hear is this doomsday-oriented discussion. That I don't now. I don't share in it. I don't think it has to be. So I didn't. What did Ted Carter? He hired Ted Rule. He hired Matt Rule, in effect. I mean, he played a large role in it. But I can't name a lot of things that Ted Carter did. He's only here. He was only. He started here in the fall of 2019. Right. So I think when you
0: talk about that doomsday reaction, yeah, it's because massive turnover like this at the highest levels of Nebraska become commonplace where now you've replaced a president, a chancellor, an athletic director, and a head football coach since 2001. And you for a program that is one of the biggest issues is stability mm-hmm. and cohesiveness at the highest levels. That's a problem. Ted
3: Carter's not in the... You're f- constantly
0: revolving door at the most important positions within your university and athletic department. He's not in the athletic department. Well, he basically was. He was Trev's boss. Yeah, and how many presidents of, at other major
2: Power 5 schools had the sports columnists like you and Tom Chattel... Sitting in his office We just needed some summer content. For hour plus <laughs> interviews. Like I mean you, you kinda helped create this. I mean you did this glowing sit down with Ted Carter, Tom Chattel did a few. I mean he he, he got as we much were hurting for content at he, that time. He, he got as much press as any president because the sports media was covering like well, a sports video. There's figure. no doubt that I mean Ted has a Ted
3: Carter had a sports background and you know, I mean the story's the story. He was they did restructure so Trev would report to him. What I'm suggesting is they will hire a president and Trev will support, will report to that president. Could be better. Could be worse. It doesn't have to be, could be, it doesn't have to be, now I've always been an advocate of, I think a football program is better off if the president, the chancellor, the AD and the coach are aligned. I've always said that. We've, we've seen the, we've seen it to the contrary here, but I don't know that, They can't have that just because Ted's – I don't necessarily see Ted Carter as the end-all, be-all president. I think the issue is that they
0: had that, and now they're disrupting it, where now you replace it. You have a brand-new chancellor. You're Mm going to have a brand-new president with a first-year head coach. How how can you say that they're all going to be in line when they've never even been in the same room together? Well, I – That's the problem.
3: See, now that's where we tend to disagree. I don't necessarily – Say it's a problem until it is a problem, and the fact that we're doing it on August twenty second, once again, I don't, I don't, I'm hesitant to say it's a problem until it, I, I I see it's a problem. Like,
2: who will Trev report to? You mean they made it? Why are we worried about it? Because who's going to hold the athletic director accountable? Somebody will. Yeah, but I mean, not they've already established it's not Rodney Bennett. Trev, if Trev left, I could
3: see the doomsday sort of tone. That would be bad. He's, he's, he's the direct supervisor of Matt Rule. I would challenge you guys to tell me this. How does Ted Carter leaving affect on field play at all? I mean, in, in any sense.
0: Because you had an advocate who understood football making the most important decisions for the, from the university standpoint.
2: I watched Matt Rule at the embassy suites when we were there in May. You, didn't, you haven't answered my question. Praise so Admiral, Carter. Down. Admiral Carter. Admiral Carter. He spoke so highly oh, I about. I mean, like the importance of him in this whole thing. I mean, they've invested so much money into Matt Rule, and Ted Carter was a big piece of getting that here. If Rule wins, we're not
3: talking. No, like I, the I don't disagree at all.
2: It, it's just the feeling that this Nebraska job, all it was for Ted Carter, was a stepping stone, and and that's a gut punch if you're a Nebraska fan. Like you felt like you had this guy. You've given him opportunities. He's doing sit down interviews with sports columnists and getting oh, all this yeah, praise for the job he's doing. And all of I, a sudden, oh, I'm out of here. I uh, don't feel the gut punch. I mean, I, the governor sure
3: did. huh? There's people that do. I know there are. Uh, there are people who don't, though. I mean, trust me, I talk to them, and they're saying to me, "Why are what is the hysteria about? What am I missing?" It's
0: not hysteria. History. I think it's more of a cumulative thing. Again, where once again, Nebraska's leadership is unknown right now, where you're going into the fall semester and you have no idea your president's going to be on January 1. And why would you move around all
2: these things? If Ted Carter was thinking about leaving, why did they go out of their way why? to restructure leadership, to put him on, on the... Hold co- on, hold on. He was one... one uh, There's 100 candidates
3: for that job. All right, he didn't know he was going to get it. Are you suggesting that Ted Carter
2: shouldn't apply for other jobs? Well, if they just did all those things for him, what like, in his mind, he's like, I'll, I'll do this, but I'm applying for Ohio State still. Seems like an American thing to do. He's trying to move up up late
3: in his career. Yeah. you're not, not, not going to fault him. It's a better job. It's no, so a better yeah. job.
0: But from a Nebraska standpoint, to say that it's not a big blow, I think, is dismissing the situation to where he is one of the most important figures. And you can say he's not affiliated with the athletic department, but he has a heavy hand in the athletic it department. It is a big story. And so that, I mean, just the immediate reaction I don't think is – maybe some degree overblown, but you can't dismiss it and say it's not a big deal. Not doing that. It I'm, just
2: adds to the dysfunction that we've seen yes, the last 20 years. Yes. Uh, so that's
3: kind of my bigger point. I don't see the dysfunction. I don't see that it's necessary. They've replaced necessar- their entire leadership, leadership story. 2021. It's a big story, but it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, God, this thing's doomed to failure in the in the immediate or the long term. I don't understand why we're assuming that. I'm not. I, I, I think well, that I'm not Matt, Roo, we're
0: doomed to failure. I'm saying it's a,
3: it's a blow. I'm not even gonna go that far. Well, <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> it depends. I'm now now you might be able to convince me of that on when the next hire is made. If it's if we judge it to be a substandard, we've hire. seen what happens when the leadership is not in line
0: with the Nebraska football program. How much dysfunction that causes? Right, but right s- you've seen it firsthand. Oh, I know. And I'll now cover. that is back in play. Whereas before, you were play. directly in line. This Head coach, it. athletic director, president, all 100% in line
3: with the same vision. Now you have the potential to disrupt that. There's no doubt I thought that Matt Rule did I mean he he said I'm he said the words I'm obviously disappointed. You listen to the radio show Robin, mm-hmm. I felt that he was disappointed. Mm-hmm. You
2: could Trev was, has to be disappointed. I mean, but, Trev has to be a leader. Ted Carter was his advocate that helped get him this position.
3: Trev can't worry about it. He's, I mean, he's no, got, he's to, got to do
2: his job. Yeah,
3: he's got to lead. And it, his job, I don't know that it's any more, I mean, I'm even hesitant to say it's more important now. I don't, it's, it was important. And Matt Rule made that clear. He, he literally said, what, What'd he say, Rob? I thank God. I just thank God for Trev Alberts. Mm-hmm. So he, I think Matt feels support. Um, there's no doubt that. I mean, I don't know that Rule would be here without Ted Carter, just that. But before I kind of laud Ted Carter for the hire of Matt Rule, I'd like to see Matt Rule win a game or two. If he's 0-6, what are we talking about Ted Carter then? I mean, yeah. So so. when
0: when you're gauging the immediate reaction, though, I mean, there's been so much optimism and goodwill that has been rebuilt over the last eight months. True. And now
3: that kind of
2: disorients that a little bit okay
3: i'll i'll go with disorients it a little bit i'll go with that
2: guys there are rough waters ahead for the university i mean there's a budget deficit deficit of 40 to 50 million dollars that has to get made up so rodney bennett and now this new president after ted carter they're walking into a mess
3: when i think of a president that's what i think of I don't think of Ted Carter standing on the sideline at Minnesota with his arms crossed, looking over at Rule and saying, okay, what do you got here, big boy? That's not, (laughs) I don't, that's not the, that's the way this is being portrayed. It's almost being portrayed like the athletic director
2: left. Well, the PR that he got, I mean, he puts on hockey skates and skates at UNO hockey practice. He's doing sit downs with you guys. Um, (laughs) He's inviting you to come to his office. That was probably a reason for that. And to have someone that's
0: that sports-minded, mm-hmm. football-minded, uh, on the university side, mm-hmm. for the football team to do everything that they want to do and these big visions for the future of Matt Rule, having Ted Carter in place, who was a, number, like a top advocate for everything they wanted to do, I
3: think was important. Now you don't know what you're going to get it in that didn't, position. His presence in 2019, starting in 2019, didn't equate into basketball wins or football wins. I don't, that's where I'm coming from. It equated into hiring a football coach who hasn't won a game yet. Okay.
2: All right. He's played we, a game. <laughs> All right. When <laughs> we come back, we are going to shift back to fall camp. We'll talk offensive storylines here as we. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us.
1: You're listening to the Husker online show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker online show. Sean Callahan,
2: Steve Sippel, Robin Washett coming off a very spirited Ted Carter debate as uh, we segue into offensive storylines. But before we do that, the segment of the show brought to you by Home Field. Home Field. is a premium collegiate apparel brand based in Indianapolis. Hmm. They emphasize their commitment to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. They feature a growing collection of over 150 plus colleges to choose from, including of course, Nebraska. Homefield designs are super unique because they delve into the archives and the history of each school, using unique logos, mascots, and iconic moments to create thoughtfully designed apparel. They are all about authenticity and nostalgia. Uh, Check it out. I know everyone likes to kind of refresh their gear, get updated stuff for the season. Uh, Great time to check it out at Homefield. I'm telling you guys, uh, give it a look at their Nebraska gear. Uh, You can find it at homefieldapparel.com to see all of their selection of colleges, including Nebraska. Our listeners will receive 15% off their first order with promo code Huskers23. It's the perfect apparel to get you ready for the season. So check them out. Homefield.com, promo code Huskers23. All right, guys, let's get into um, the discussion here with fall camp. And you're not a lot to hit on in quarterback. I mean, we know Casey, or not Casey, um, Jeff Sims is your number one guy. Slip Um, of the tongue. (laughs) Casey's back. Um, If Casey is still here, I think you'd be arguing me that he deserves a look for the job still. (laughs) Have another spirit We'd have
3: debate.
0: No
2: spirit. <laughs> I mean, you. you Gloves went, would come off. You went down with the ship on Casey <laughs> did
3: Thompson. not go down with the ship. <laughs> go ahead.
2: Um, but Chubba, I, do we all agree Chubba is your number two?
3: Yeah.
0: I think oh. if, it, if it came down to a long term situation, like if, God forbid, Jed, Jeff Sims misses significant time, multiple games, I think Chubba's the guy. Because I think he he's gotten more that you can game plan around because he's a better passer. Yeah, if now, it's situational right. and they're in a thing where you know, you're just trying to hold on for a win or whatever it is, I think Harburg probably gets more of a look just because I think he's probably a more physical, bigger, stronger, maybe
3: faster runner. So, so you're not buying the Matt Rule co-number two talk.
0: Well, again, I think it's, it depends. It all depends de- on the, the situation, right? time, place,
2: situation. Co-number twos. I think Harburg, though, will have a role. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, he can do other things. I mean, we know he can catch. We know he can run. We know he's physical. So there's potential with Heinrich Harburg.
3: I wonder. I know this. If I was his trainer or his father, Heinrich Harburg, and I heard Sean say, we know he can catch, I'd say, whoa, he's a quarterback. I mean, they're not making... They're not making Trey Lance catch, I don't think, at San Francisco. Right? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. I don't think they will. That's, that's what I'm saying. Um, I would cringe. If I, I, I hope Heinrich Harburg kind of cringes. I doubt he does. But he's, a quarterback's a quarterback, especially in a developing quarterback. All those reps you take at receiver, all you're doing is sort of slowing your growth at quarterback. I, if I were Harburg right now as a young quarterback, I'd say I'm a quarterback. I don't need to be catching passes.
0: Yeah, and but I think the, one of the reasons why he is in this position is because of his versatility. True, the fact that he has as much dual threat ability. Well, maybe not as much as Sims, but I mean he's he has that element to him to where you can do different things. You can not just gadget plays, but you can scheme around that too. To where yeah. you know if you run or run a QB lead or something yeah. like that, he can do that. Well, also well also. Being able to be a functional passer.
2: Will, okay, will Heinrich Harburg see a snap or two or a few plays at Minnesota Hmm. in a different role? (laughs) Oh, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean,
3: I I wouldn't either. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I'm not a big fan of it. Now watch, it'll go for 70.
2: (laughs) Well, but then you hear rules say, you know, we used to say at Penn State when they ran gadgetry plays that, oh, they had to do that because they're not good enough to beat us straight up. Right. Well, that's
3: a good question. Is Nebraska good enough to beat mm-hmm. Minnesota straight up? They haven't been. In a while. Four and one, P.J.
2: <laughs> P.J. Flex four and one. Okay, running back, we learned this week Gabe Urban Jr. is on the one line. Ramirez Johnson is kind of the one line third down back. We learned Anthony Grant had two fumbles in the scrimmage on Saturday. Um, and, you know, there's just some detail things and other things behind the scenes with Anthony that have delayed him. But nobody can deny his talent and his ability as a pure runner but clearly, there are other things, including the fumbles, that have put Anthony Grant almost in a third-team role.
3: Yeah, I mean, Matt Rule said the words. He, he's a good running back. He's proven himself as a runner. He ran 9, 915 yards last year. But you can't, we can't have a, we can't play guys who put the ball on the ground. He said that. Called him out, mm-hmm. which is he's 24. Anthony Grant. This discussion to me is a little age there's an age component to it if he was some
0: true freshman that's just getting thrown in the fire yeah
3: when a guy gets to 24 that's a that's an nfl age you're an adult yeah so (laughs) yeah what do you
0: think rob go back and listen to ej barthel and talk about what's going to separate that running back room the first word he says is dependability and i take that to mean not just what you're doing on the field taking care of the football doing what you're supposed to do but doing everything you're supposed to be doing off the field you know, whether that's classes or showing up on time or whatever it means, like that, I think, was as much of a separator as anything in this deal to where, you you know, the skill set component, like you can make a case for either Irvin or Grant as a number one and you're not going to be wrong. But I think when it comes down to the day to day, being dependable, being reliable and being someone the coaches can trust, that's probably as
2: much of a separator as anything. I think so. And in Matt Rule's world, when he says be there at a certain time for any player, oh. it means be there early. It's
0: Tom Coughlin time right there. Okay.
2: <laughs> he made that comment. He goes, guys Go think that time. if they show up at 8.03, when I say eight, oh, it's 8-ish. On time-ish, yeah. On time it, it, That's I clearly. Late. All right. Uh, rec- wide receiver. Um, yeah, I think the big question, guys, I mean, there's a, lo- a lot there, but Marcus Washington, will we see him play at Minnesota? We know he returned limitedly, at least this week. Um, but you look at that group, it's basically four transfer veterans, two in-state walk-ons, and then a six freshmen. That, that's the receiver pool right now, and I know you are very opinionated that number one there's not a true number one in that group. You you don't look at Billy Kemp as a number one. Well,
3: he is a number one. But is that what your number one is that what your is that what you want your number one to to be? You know, he's a he would he be your number one at a top 25 school? He's a good player. I don't like this. It always sort of sounds like I'm bashing Billy Kemp. I'm not. He's tough. He's a tough kid. He's got to catch a lot of passes. He's number one in that sense, but he's not a field-stretching six-foot-two. Look at the number ones around the
0: conference right now. Yeah. They look different. Harrison. (laughs) They're built different. Yeah. That's that's all I'm saying. I I get it. I get it. And so that's where the rest of that room becomes... A huge question to where huge. Marcus Washington was supposed to be that next number two. We don't even know if he's going to be available or how much he'll be available. And then you have Isaiah C- Garcia Castaneda who quit the team last year. Five catches quit the team. And now, now he's back and he's going to be one of your projected top three. After that, you're talking about two guys that you know, started the year as walk-ons and then a bunch of true freshmen and then a first year transfer in Josh Fleek. So there are so many unknowns in that group. And we put out our projected depth chart uh, here today on Wednesday and we had to do a whole other section of others to watch with that true freshman group, just because you could make a case for all three of those guys Malachi Coleman, Jaden Doss, Jalen Lloyd, to factor in at any one of those spots. It's just we just don't know enough about where exactly they stack
2: up. Will they make the line, as Matt Rule refers yes. to? Yeah. The line. And we'll know Friday. There's going to be a depth chart Friday. And Matt Rule joked about he's never been asked more about the depth chart in his career than that in Nebraska. Um, well, welcome to Nebraska, Coach. Where fifty people interview the left guard after practice. <laughs> the fullback,
3: yeah. The, the receiver discussion is interesting. Now, what you hear, what you hear, that's m- the most interesting to me is about Alex Bullock. Where, Rob, again, we were listening to the radio last night, and Matt Rule said that when when Matt Rule got to campus, Casey Thompson was mm-hmm. still here. And, and pointed to, Casey Thompson pointed to Alex Bullock and said that right there is a, our best route runner, Alex Bullock, mm-hmm. or he's a great route runner. What Fedoni say? he's the, one of the best route runners I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, th- they really like him. Now, can he get open in Big Ten games? That's, that's, that's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I think it, there's some potential in that group. You just like to see, other than Kemp's some guys that are much more proven. Yeah. Bullock and Castaneda had a combined five receptions last year. I mean, Bullock didn't have any. So that's, that's just two and three guys.
0: Is there a game changer in that group? That's what we don't know. It's Kemp. I think you got one. a lot of dependable guys. Who's the game changer?
2: I mean, Kemp's two best years at Virginia would rank number two all time for receptions at Nebraska. But when you're talking about that's game changer, yeah, that's volume. Well, they need that.
0: I know, but you but also we're need guys that can game take the lid changer. off and change
2: a game. That's what,
3: you know, we, when the bets discussion we had a week or two ago, that's what bets brought. When I hear game changer, I don't hear possession receiver. I hear take the top off. I hear Palmer. The guy you can, can go win
0: Palmer. a 50-50 ball on the sideline against a top corner.
3: Yeah. Maybe we'll they have that. We don't know. They, mi- they
0: and might. Maybe
2: Fedoni can give some of that. Yep. 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 All right. When we come back, we'll talk defensive storylines in camp. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show.
1: You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Steve
2: Sipple, Robin Washet, talking now defensive storylines in fall camp. But before we get to that, the show and segment brought to you by better help. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. You're busy right now, you got a lot on your plate, kids back in school, activities in full swing. Whether you're just dealing with decisions and around your career or relationships, Therapy can help you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice, the easier it gets. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists. Anytime for no additional charge, let therapy map you uh, be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/husker to receive ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com/husker. Again, this episode brought to you by BetterHelp. All right, guys, let's get into uh, the defensive storyline discussion here, and you know that we kind of have a pretty good feel. I think like who the eleven are, who the black shirts are probably going to be. They're going to give out black shirts, we think, by week's end. Um, but is there anything just on that defensive front, that line that really jumps out to you right now? Okay, well, before we get to that, I'll tell you what jumps out to me.
3: What really jumps out. And, I, you know, I've been doing this since 1962. Um, so I've seen a lot of comics. <laughs> 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 um, what, no- what I've noticed is the demeanor of Tony White is much different than Satterfield. You can tell which unit has gained the upper hand in August. White, I wondered about early in camp, just body language, sort of the, 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 the sense of confidence you're trying to get from him. Well, now, he's, you can sense confidence in White. Satterfield's a little more reserved. The, the unit that's got, had a better month is clearly the defense. Mm-hmm. And they've had the upper hand in both scrimmages. I'm excited to see the defense. They have veterans over there, and they're running a new system that I think can confuse people. If they run it well, I think it it can confuse people weakly. I think the back two levels of the defense,
0: secondary and linebacker, especially the, how far linebackers come to where you know, maybe there were some questions there. I'm not too worried about it right oh. now. I mean, at all three of those spots, I think that they're they're fine with the level of talent they have, and then the, the secondary um, could still be the overall strength of the team, we'll see there uh, it's no surprise. The defensive line is going to dictate how good that defense actually is. But when you hear stories about Cam Lenhart's rise, blaze Gunnerson's development, Nash Hutmacher becoming one of the leaders and voices of the team, along with Ty Robinson, uh, you know, that I think it. To at least some degree eases some concerns about that group. And if they can just be good enough. I think that those next two levels are going to make that a stout defense all year.
2: I just want to know like how much they will rotate, like how they'll Hot. handle that in the game. Seventeen to twenty-five guys—that's how much rules say they're going to play. But like how how like okay, how deep does it get down to? Like we know four guys on the D line: Cam Lenhart being the fourth place, Gunerson, Ty Robinson, and Nash Hutmacher. Where's Ruquan Buckley? Where's mm-hmm. Kai w- Wallin factor in? Judy, Elijah Judy. Uh, is it the Waleen? Is that what we're it saying? Wallen or Wallen? I've heard simple. i kind of just, t- t- <laughs> I, I, I just. Kai Wallen. I, I, I went for I went full Jordine ball <laughs> with Kai Wallen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why I said it that way, but he said it that way once, and I'm like Kai Wallen. This <laughs> is all Robbie Go. Are we going Wallen? Wait a minute. <laughs> all right. It's not
3: Wallen. Yeah. It's not Wallen. I think it's Wallen. I go Wayland. Wallen.
2: Anyway. <laughs> anyway, he's, those are your guys Those are your guys right. Right. So Judy will, yeah. We know the Jacks We know who the Jacks are for sure MJ Sherman, Chief Borders uh, Jamari Butler Those three Yeah. So at the, those, the Mike and the Will It's Henrich, it's Reimer John Bullock After that, does anybody else push in there? I, Rule
3: said there's six guys for the Mike and Will I don't know who would be after those three Yeah, I think they they have guys. We just don't know who they are because we haven't heard anything about them. But like, what does that mean? Is that
0: five? Is that one series? Two series? Like how many like Mauga Clements snaps where you're getting like seven to eight a game? Could be.
2: Yeah, there's just you know like how how does that go in the secondary? I think we have a good handle. I know there's a couple freshmen though knocking on the door for playing time: Jawite Boodle, Ethan Nation. Uh, but I think Deshaun Singleton has been quite a story in yeah. camp. And I know we talked about him on your other show this morning, Sip. Um, that, that could be a surprise riser on this roster.
3: Well, what I wish I had – I erred in this. I, I wish I had Rule's quotes in front of me from last night's radio show where he said, you know, for a long time, Deshaun Singleton was just kind of a guy on the two deep. But now – what rule said and i'm paraphrasing he's become one of our better defenders he said he's going to be a he's going to be a hard-hitting physical safety robin you heard it i mean he's talking about he's talking about Deshaun Singleton as a starter yeah it's, one of their he, better players
0: yeah i was going to say he's the, the rise isn't just from like backup to starter but to being one of their best defensive players on the roster and that that raised a lot of eyebrows to where you you've, we were hearing a little bit of that talk increase over the last maybe week or two of fall camp, but to hear rule talk about him, not just what he said, but how he said it. And Mm -hmm. just like how excited the tone in his voice was that catches your attention. He said he met with him. He's he's a
3: no brainer fixture. Yeah. He's I'm sorry. He said he met with him and was blown away. You know, they have those spring meetings. Maybe they had them in the summer too, but he, he met with him formally rule Singleton and rule said he was blown away, called Evan Cooper immediately and say, do I have a new, Favorite player on this team? Deshaun Singleton. Now, yeah, Singleton, now see, Singleton, when he walks in the room, gets your attention, right? They list him at 6'3. He looks 6'4 ish. Like me. looks
0: like a dude. Yeah,
2: 210. Two, Big rangy safety. So last year, he was not, the, they thought he could win a job last year, and it ended up being Marquise Buford and Miles Farmer. And I, I think the previous staff brought him in to beat out one of those guys. to win a job and Buford ended up being pretty good he wasn't gonna beat out Buford so was he brought in to beat out Miles Farmer and it just didn't happen perhaps Mm -hmm. and now he I mean clearly they're like yeah I mean Miles Farmer is not here for many reasons but they Singleton might be one of the I mean they
3: feel I I don't think they feel like they're gonna have a net loss there and listen Farmer had 73 tackles last year he's the second leading tackler on the team it's, you
2: didn't. You lost a player there. Mm. He missed as many. His um, tackle miss rate, though, oh on Pro Football Focus was one of the highest on the team,
0: especially earlier in the year.
2: In his early career, he, he got was, better
0: as the season went on. Yeah, he did.
2: Early in his career, he was missing like twenty-five percent of tackle opportunities. I know when Bush took over the defense, there were some
3: hard conversations about Farmer, whether they were going to keep playing him. And then they specialized, and I don't, I don't know the nuances of this, but they specialized his role, and he flourished. He, he adapted quickly to his new role to Bush's defense and then became a locker room leader. Mm-hmm. So his, his story was pretty shaky, just like the program was shaky against Georgia Southern and Oklahoma. Then the coaching change
2: was made. They changed his role up a little bit. And he and it he took it took and th- he had a good year. Well, and Deshaun Singleton kind of fell victim to all the changes, too. I mean, you, you fire Shenander, mm-hmm. you fire Frost. Well, they had their guys, too. And, and you just kind of get in this crosswire where they're not too interested in developing. They're just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. There there you go. I mean, that, that, that's there what like we're just trying to survive in advance. We're not really trying to worry about 2024 here or 2023. Uh, we're trying to make it to 2023. <laughs> but all right. When we come back. Mailbag time. Abby Barmore, not in. I will be handling the mailbag, gentlemen. Um, so give me a chance here to get through that. But I can come- hear the booze from here. No, I have All right, when we come back, uh, we'll do mailbag. <laughs> You're listening here at the Oscar Line Show.
3: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them.
1: This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sippel, Robin Washett. Time for the mailbag. But before
2: we get to that, Steve Sippel, the mailbag brought to you by...
3: Sean, it's brought to everybody by Larson Motors. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go for a new experience at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors is one of the Midwest's only dealerships with all the major brands in one location finding your Chevrolet GMC Hummer Ford Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Ram really has never been easier start your new experience today at larsonmotorgroup.com that's larson with an o motorgroup.com or at larson motors in nebraska city larson motors
2: real people Real deals. I think my favorite part of that advertisement is the pause before Hummer, and then just the, just kind of <laughs> like the goal line push when you just say and <laughs> Hummer. Like I mean, you just. No, like I mean Reggie Bush. It, it's like third Sorry. and one at the goal line, and mm-hmm. and you pause. The Bush push, and you just say Hummer. <laughs> it's like Derrick Henry chopping his feet, and then hitting the line, oh, plowing into the goal line. Yeah, with a big man. Let's I go. just envision you driving <laughs> your <laughs> Hummer down the road (laughs) all right let's get into the mailbag I've got the questions Abby uh, out today but uh, first Hmm. question is there a Husker defender that doesn't get a ton of press who you believe will shine this season I think we've kind of hit on that Deshaun Singleton is definitely in that camp Um, but I'm wondering if there's somebody else well it's hard to say that they don't get a lot of press
0: because we pretty much talk about (laughs) everybody everybody. you know who's kind of gotten forgotten Corey Collier yeah, They don't even talk about him ever. And, and we're projecting him to be a what, second team safety right now. So I think he's got a, f- a chance to play a much bigger role. And I think some people are expecting just because, you know, he's got that experience as a power five transfer, but also because I think he was handpicked by the staff and they like what he can bring to that position.
3: I'll just say, I hope it's, it's Judy. Mm. That's good call. Yeah. You hope. It, he's been, it's been quiet on that front. Now, I've heard it's been quiet on that front on the field is why it's been quiet on that front from the coaches. I, that's, I mean, it's, there's a reason it's been quiet on that front. Now, maybe he's a game <laughs> – coaches would kill me for saying that. Like, oh, he doesn't practice very well, but he's really good in games. Yeah, you seldom see that. But hopefully when you see the game against Minnesota, Judy has about three tackles or two tackles and maybe one's behind the line of scrimmage, you'd feel a lot better about the defense.
2: I'm going to be the bad Big Red Wrap-Up second guess and say I piggyback off Sip and really agree with everything Sip said on Judy, which yeah. is that's rare. i throw Kai Waleen in there, too. <laughs> we might be in trouble.
3: The more I think about it, I don't know why I'm saying that. No, that's
2: Waleen. what... I, like, when you're on Big Red Wrap-Up, though, and it's there's, like there's, we're on there, and there's really... there's two. They sometimes have two. There could be, like, a really good guy, and he just has awesome takes. And then the second guy, you know, might be there but let's step back and it's like god the guy just said everything perfectly and then he'll say to piggyback off what he said like don't use the word piggyback to kind of reiterate what sip said um but all right let's go question number two um if they asked you guys in the media and just at large for your input on the renovations to the stadium what would you like to see in memorial stadium
0: from a fan standpoint, uh, improved seating, seat backs um, that'll probably require uh, cutting down capacity, which at this rate, I don't know if that's as big of an issue as maybe it used to be. Um, improve the bathrooms. You know, let's maybe get away from the trough style and get some modernized bathrooms. From a media standpoint, let's let's get that elevator situation figured out. Getting up and down from field level to sixth floor in the press box is one of the most tedious things about a game day that we have so maybe add a couple more elevators make a direct there you go make a direct press elevator how about that
2: oh there you go yeah you know the chair back discussion is complicated because the way the concretes poured and the way the rows are um, you can't just the way it's currently set up wow. you can't just put the chairbacks in because there will not be enough room wow. so they, they would almost have to repurpose and like re-pour concrete and shape I mean putting chair back in will be a herculean task to get it to get it done and do it right i do believe that's what's going to happen over time i still south end zone is the first priority nothing has been done to south end zone since it was built Hmm. i mean it is no concourses no concessions no restrooms it's just a set of bleachers with anthill ramps that go up and down and Mm -hmm. that's it yeah it's need to it will change i mean they've got to get that fixed i mean the, the fact that that thing fills up every game when you consider how hot it can be, how hard it can be to get to your seat, it's amazing. Yeah, chair, I mean, go, to piggyback off of what Rob said, <laughs> the, chair,
3: the chair back thing is really striking to me. Now, we don't, I, now, you guys, I don't go to football games. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I, go, I go cover them in a press box, so I don't go as a fan. But I did go – I remember when we went to – big 12 media day, big 12 back in the big 12 days and they gave us a free tour of mm-hmm. Jerry's world. Remember that right, right when it opened right when it opened and I was struck by that how comfortable mm-hmm. the chair backs were and how beautiful that would be watching a game in a, your own seat cup holders cup holders mm-hmm. The little space it's your seat and there are comfortable seats.
2: So, I, yeah, the chair back thing has always intrigued me. If they could pull it, think off. how many just because there's no couple, there's obviously in those benches. I mean, just how many people probably kick their drinks. So, I mean, oh God. and you see it when you're walking. I mean, sometimes under the stadium, when you'll be walking, all of a sudden, it, I mean, just like it's, a, like it's raining, it's like it's raining Pepsi. <laughs> Not a cloud in the sky. I, let's hope it's Pepsi. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. If you're lucky on yeah. <laughs> it's Pepsi.
2: You go, you go to the Memorial Stadium horse trough bathrooms, though, and those stalls turn into like bars. Like guys go in there, close the door. They're mixing drinks up, and then you'll see about twenty loose bottles being kicked out of the bathroom. It's like a hotel mini bar in every stall. <laughs> Those shooters, <laughs> oh, yeah. shooters seem pretty popular. Right? I mean, they've got to get alcohol in the stadium at fireball some point too. shooters. I, mean, I don't know how and when that all happens, but they are. I mean, they are serving alcohol for the volleyball game. So volleyball day in Nebraska because of the concert. Um, they'll have alcohol in there, and it's, you know, I, so that will be interesting to see how that goes because it's not really a football crowd, yeah. but it's going to be bigger. Sure, it won't be quite the scene it was
0: for Garth Brooks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, <laughs> if you remember that one well. It was basically just anarchy. Guys were just, like, dropping pallets of beers and saying <laughs> you, you have to pay a tip if you want a beer and taking cash only. It
2: uh... <laughs> It's like beating like <laughs> Just some rough, yeah.
0: It was like some third world like market, you know, where you're like trying to barter with a guy for a 20 ounce bush light
2: <laughs> They're were, they're were 25, 25, yes, excuse me. I want to change that, but I think they somebody told me they did a hundred and 128,000 hmm. what uh, sold that many beers of the so a, they're double beers, so really they, they did over 250,000 cans of beer at that Garth Brooks concert. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. All right, um, final question. What is your favorite sports team slash player documentary? Mm. And I don't know. I mean, uh, Hoop do, Dreams. Yeah, Hoop Dreams approved. is probably my favorite. I think it's the all-time best oh. documentary ever because of the, the work those guys did to stay with those kids and capture that story. It was really a true reality of how hard it is, A, to make it. And then, you know, what some of these kids in the inner city, they get wined and dined to go to a nice private school, and it worked out for one guy, and then the other guy didn't work out, and all of a sudden he had a tuition bill that couldn't be paid. Mm. I mean, just the way they captured that whole story um, and ha- from really eighth grade to college was amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, it's hard to pick with the 30 for 30s. There's been so many good ones with that. Um, the uh, last chance use, like the, especially the first, first season, was incredible. I love that show so much, and then um, you know they've kind of gotten worse over the years. But like those, when I think when it takes you inside the sport and the actual operations, we actually get to see what these guys deal with beyond football and just what their lives are like. Those that's the stuff that really captivates me.
3: Okay, I'm glad you guys didn't mention. Can I say I can say Jordan Rules? Right? Oh, the the
2: ESPN.
3: Yeah, I thought I don't know that I'll ever see a better one than That
2: that. Was really good.
3: Yeah, and and what it did to me was drive home the point you know you always get the jordan lebron debate but after that i saw that show it it sort of reignited my love for jordan and at the same time it was oh really we're going to say we're going to say lebron's as good as this guy no
0: one thing about Come that on. though jordan had like total creative control over that so like <laughs> they weren't going to do anything but paint him in the best possible light so well, it wasn't
2: difficult take it for what it's worth we- i know they had a lot of material to work with <laughs> right, right. just saying yeah, that that just that was. I mean, the, the fact that they had all that footage, they were like, even like his footage with those security guards. Mm-hmm. Who's a
3: tougher guy mentally, Jordan or LeBron? <laughs> come on, my God. <laughs> I mean, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan by a long. LeBron way. is he coming back
2: again? <laughs> yeah, in he's, year? Yeah, like, he's yeah, again? definitely I mean, coming. So back. He, How many I mean,
3: LeBron's fine. He's a top ten player all time. 10? Um, 10. ten. I'm not going. I, he might be five. I mean, he, come on. I mean. You can get him in the top five, but that's not – I don't think it's unanimously agreed that he's a top five player.
2: We're going to need an entire another segment All right. for this. On this note, we're going to come back. We'll close the show. I'm getting uh, into it. With some Week Zero college football discussion and also Jim Harbaugh's suspension. You're
1: listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, having fun as we
2: always do. And that's people always tell me they're like, "God, you guys have fun," and we do. We like each other. We all kind of know our subject well. I feel like, and we have fun talking about. It. Yeah,
3: I talked over you guys a little bit today. I'll be, I'll, be, I'll hear that because okay. the- it got spirited. Yeah, your team, Ted Carter, not a big deal. Yeah. I am not that team. I am team Ted Carter is a big deal, the news, but it's the sort of negative doom and gloom discussion that I'm confused by. That's the, I am big story. It's a big story. I don't understand necessarily how negative it got.
2: Quickly. All right, let's get into week zero football. Um, we get a light slate of games this weekend. Not a, not a great slate, but we ate games. Uh, Navy Versus Notre Dame And Steve Sippel's Paradise mm. Aviva Stadium A year ago We were there It's a 130 kick
3: That's a beautiful
2: place Damn. I wasn't even Working with you guys yeah. Yet out there That's That was That's the weird right. part About that trip yep.
3: Not t- You weren't technically Working with us I was it. your friends yeah. Yeah. just came along on the trip. You, I mean, yeah, you guys enjoyed that trip as much as I did, if not more. <laughs> I'd say more <laughs> after about eleven thirty really night. Time you enjoyed
2: so. it more. <laughs> 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 I had a really good time. Right? You, know, you guys were down there in that <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, that was the beauty of that trip. You'd get done, and
0: I mean, yeah. you had the evening to. Well, and the time change too. Like the, I, what was the time change? Like difference? Like six or seven hours ahead. So like we'd be getting done with our post-practice stuff in late morning, early afternoon. It'd be like 6 a.m. back home. So, like, no rush to get anything up. Like, it was just the perfect
2: setup. Take me back. Yeah, yeah the um, I had to do my KFAB reports, and the, the 5 p.m. Omaha report was at 11 o'clock in Ireland. So I'd be on the air at 11 o'clock in the mm. Temple Bar District.
3: In the Temple Bar District, I and see.
2: I had... There, there were always like beggars and homeless people out there and i'd be on my phone alone kind of walking away and you're just like prime target and i i had two different reports where literally a guy kept asking me for money while i was on the air hmm. and, and i said hey say hello to omaha radio oh boy and the guy goes hello Omaha," and he's like now give me a buck and i'm like <laughs> you asked him to do all so. right um back to week zero um hey utep jacksonville state you know why you want to watch that game I don't. <laughs> Why? Logan Smothers. hi Whoa, whoa, whoa. So Logan Smothers uh, will be on CBS Sports at 4.30 playing UTEP. Did he win the job? I'd assume so. He came for Rich Rodriguez. He better and, have. Okay. Um, you'll have UMass, New Mexico State. Uh, I think the other somewhat interesting game for us is Ohio versus San Diego State. you got the Tim Alman um you know somewhat of a nebraska connection there and those are two respectable non-power five programs uh squaring off hawaii will travel to vanderbilt um so we got football in nashville and then the nightcap but this game's on pac-12 network so no one's going to be able to watch it san jose state usc yeah those aren't great now the vandy vandy looks like
3: a bold team to me uh, they, they'll handle hawaii
0: 17 point favorites
3: yeah, there you go. They'll handle Hawaii. Vandy looks like a seven win type Vandy team. Uh don't you know, Jerry Kill's always sort of interesting to people, I think, and he's coaching at New Mexico State.
2: That's amazing.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jerry Kills, a head coach at New Mexico State. No, you're right though. New Mexico State UMass is not particularly appealing, but I keep an eye on what Kill's doing. He's he doesn't have, yeah. So there you
2: go. Uh UTEP Jacksonville State, basically a pick'em. It's UTEP by one. USC is a 30-and-a-half-point favorite over mm-hmm. San Jose State. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of points for Week 1.
3: Yeah, USC is a, top, is a consensus top 10 and probably top 18. Um, Caleb Williams, obviously. That, what, I wonder, what I'd watch in that game is what the
2: USC defense looks like, suspect mm-hmm. at the end of last season. And nothing is on to 130, so the first kickoff is at 130. Grant. So get your work done in the morning. And you got then you can turn on Notre Dame Navy on NBC at 1.30. Just look at Aviva. Oh yeah, see Aviva again. Just appreciate that grass. Yeah, free beer.
0: Oh,
3: they could, yeah. if they could only be so lucky. Remember the walk to Aviva was so mm-hmm. pleasant through the neighborhoods yeah. of Dublin. It's awesome through the old neighborhoods of Dublin. I mean, it reminded you of like Rosenblatt Stadium. That was like nestled in the neighborhood. That's a great Sean. God bless you. That is a tremendous comparison. That it is it, a little more nestled, though. Yeah, and, and, God, do you and, remember that? I'm on not. I'm sorry. In that one end zone, literally, the house was probably eight feet from the stadium. Yeah, like you could you could
2: almost just reach your seven iron and touch the stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- and, and then um, from- finally, I do want to close on this before we wrap the show. Jim Harbaugh, they've negotiated a three-game suspension for Harbaugh, so he will miss the entire non-conference slate. He will not. Miss any Big Ten games? Meeting Rutgers and Nebraska, their first two Big Ten games. This is what this was was
3: Michigan trying to appease the NCAA with this uh, with this self imposed penalty. This is not. This is far from over. I was going to say, do you think it's enough? I mean, the case is far from over. Mm -hmm. Probably be ultimately settled probably in the spring of twenty twenty four. I think this again. I think this is. Michigan just trying to do something maybe to reduce penalty. The Act like they're penalty. being
0: proactive about it. Yeah, by having them not miss a single conference game and three scrub non-conference opener games. We'll see how that well,
3: goes. I mean, it's, I hate to say it's insignificant. I hate. I it's it's the head coach gone for three games. I mean. Yeah, but they're going to be
0: like thirty-point favorites in all those games, so they should be okay absolutely
2: they should be all right lots to keep up with this weekend um we'll we'll get a depth chart lots more to come next week we'll bring you game week coverage as we get ready for nebraska minnesota make sure you check out huskarline.com we got a great special for any new member get your first month for a dollar or 75 dollars will get you a year that's 25 percent off the annual price